0: i right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Being read the pod episode 38 where we always discuss the latest nebraska issues i'm stephanie and here with me today are melody and april ladies how's it going it's been so long We're back.
2: New, year. We're back. new year same us the first <laughs> thing
0: to happen this year
2: <laughs> i wasn't gonna say happy new year i was just gonna say new
0: year new year it's yeah. new seems <laughs> the same
1: but it's new
2: Mm. uh melody how have with, you been with an extra dose of insurrection
0: right <laughs> make it stop um you know i'm starting to see some of my facebook memories popping up from this time in 2017 and just rereading the you know just posts I was writing projecting about how bad it was that we elected a fascist into the mm-hmm. presidential seat and how angry I was and how freaked out I was and and now with you know hindsight being 2020 right we were right we were all right mm-hmm. Do you remember when Jane Club was on the pod and we talked with her about how, You know, we were all so concerned about the future of this country that millions and millions and millions of women across the country uh, planned women's marches because we knew how bad it was. Mm -hmm. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. We're not fortune tellers, but we knew people tried to gaslight us. People tried to say, well, just give them a chance. How my do you know?
1: You didn't give him a chance.
2: Mm-hmm. That's my—that's literally what my own grandmother told me on the phone the day after the election.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the gaslighting was so intense and so massive. And even now we're still hearing it like, well, boys will be boys. I mean, What's so what? That he, so they oh killed gosh. a cop. So your college age male son raped a girl, was part of a gang rape at college you don't want to ruin his whole future, do you? Yes, yes I do. Yes, I do want to ruin all of their futures. So that's, I mean, that's like generally my mindset right now is. And when I say
2: all of their futures, I include every one of those traitorous legislators Mm -hmm. in the US Mm -hmm. House and Senate. Mm -hmm. They are, they should also be out for life. They should also be put through the ringer. Yep. We don't even need to h- need the internet to help us identify them. We know them all. And, um, yeah. yeah.
0: April, how's your headspace today?
2: Oh no, It's hard, man. As an educator,
0: it's hard. Um, what are the, are you, did you go back to school this week? Mm-hmm. What did the kids say? Any, any trends that you saw?
2: Um, you know, I, I really can't say anything specific, but um, I think like a lot of us, they're shocked and um, confused. And uh, one of the confusing things I noticed for students, particularly, I would say like not high school age, but there's been so much comparison of how this capital thing happened versus with these programs. I'm sorry, these terrorists versus black lives matter protesters and seeing this, those images side by side for comparison, some of the students have missed that and think they're from the same event. And we're like, Oh no, 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 no.
0: Mm, Interesting. (laughs)
2: That was a totally different event. So it's been weird to clarify things. Um, Yeah. Just with my own kids, my 11 year old, I've, Pretty much told her it's happened but it's distant enough like as it scared her
0: but my eight-year-old was sitting next to me and we're just watching it and i just i don't know we're just watching it and then the um the woman who was killed by police when she was breaking into the state capitol uh, or the national capital not so we're usually talking about state stuff, but when she was breaking in the national capital, so they wheeled her bloody body out. And just like, we were just watching the news and they had a camera just kind of on the crowd and he saw it. Mm. And I, I mean, shit, man. So then he's like, what happened? I'm like, well, I don't, nobody knows. We just, the, you know, nobody knows. And then I had to tell him later that, you know, she died and so he's processing that and (sighs) I did not. So now I've been protecting him a little bit more from the news. I guess I just didn't think they'd wheel a body out and right in front of me when I would see it. And I I just didn't think about it. No. And it happened. Well, you,
1: you know. Uh, uh, beginning to think that maybe 2020 wasn't the problem (laughs) and uh, this is our life now. Yeah, things are going well. I have a crazy cat playing with acorns in the background in case anybody hears some random commotion. Nice. uh, (laughs) Tonight while Um, we're recording.
0: Stephanie, I think that's a really good segue that 2020 was not the (laughs) problem. Um, maybe I'll even call this pod episode 2020 was not the problem. Uh, I think so. Totally. uh, So we have a white supremacy problem and I don't want to say it in this glazed over, like we know that we live in a, a system of white supremacy. And we know that even when people are not trying to put up gates and keep people of color and immigrants and everyone else from moving up, we, we know that these systems are in place. I'm not talking about that kind of white supremacy. I'm talking about actual neo-Nazis, KKK, white supremacists, terrorists, the kind of people we saw in the Capitol. We have that in Nebraska and we have had it. In Nebraska. This is not new information. So I want to kind of just list off some of the really prominent neo Nazis and white supremacists and fascists, you know, whatever, you know, depending on their actions of the day, they might go in different buckets, but there's a lot of overlap there. We have Gerard Laut, which that may or may not be how you spell his name, but he lives in Fairbury. He currently lives in Fairbury. And Mm -hmm. He used to be Germany's, the country of Germany, their biggest supplier of neo-Nazi materials. From Fairbury, Nebraska. From where they make to the red Germany. hot dogs. Mm-mm. The little tiny town where they make the red hot dogs. That is where Germany was getting most of its neo-Nazi materials. Because in Germany, they actually made it illegal. Mm-hmm to make this kind of crap and, and publish this kind of crap because they they know, and they enforce it. And Mm because they know how harmful it is and they know how contagious hate speech is. So that's, that's um, a long time Nazi in Nebraska. I mean, Uh, that's been, he's been producing stuff there for years. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think with the internet making it a lot easier for people to share digitally, that makes his work maybe less important to the creation of neo-Nazi materials. But yeah, no, for a long, long time, that's what he did out of Fairbury, Nebraska. And, you know, he could still go into coffee shops and people (laughs) allowed it. He could live peacefully in Fairbury, Nebraska, being a neo-Nazi and publishing all that stuff and everybody knows about it he's it's not a secret
2: Um, another person who's living peacefully not far from lincoln david pringle who is on the splc's 40 watch from the radical right for his work on a national neo-nazi group and he helped organize the i don't know what else to call it other than an armed protest of a firearm bill in the nebraska legislature last year
0: yeah, he brought over. He literally bust but, people in uh, he hundreds of people. Firearms. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, some people brought their guns. We saw uh, what were reported to be loaded. Uh, the carriers of the guns said they were loaded with one in the chamber. Um, assault weapons. We saw. You know, probably a lot of you saw those pictures, and he brought all those people to protest a suicide reduction bill which actually was just recently reintroduced this week. Um, and also to a, they p- were opposed to a bill disarming domestic abusers. That's the kind of people these are. Quality. Yeah. And they're here in Real the market. So as you said, 2020 is not the problem. White supremacy no. is the problem. You got any more examples? Um, yes, we have... Uh, The classic, the neo-fascist Becky from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She got flipped off and called a neo-fascist Becky by a graduate student at the university. And she was able to create a... And she was working for TPUSA at the time. She was doing a table for them. And she was able to create such a flurry of white woman tears that the entire Nebraska GOP fell over itself to raise her up as an example of, I don't know what, but now our university is under censure and that neo-fascist Becky is so awful that when the city of Lincoln in response to the neo-Nazi riots in Charlottesville where a protester was actually intentionally run over by a car By a neo-fascist, someone opposing fascism um, was run over by a car. Heather, what was her last name? Heather Hare. The city of Lincoln did an anti-hate ordinance. Resolution. Uh, Not a resolution. So this isn't even binding. This isn't even a law. It's just a statement saying, we don't like hate. She opposed it. The neo-fascist Becky opposed the hate resolution. And (laughs) the only other people opposing it were somebody from blood and soil and the self-proclaimed Nazi who attended UNL named Dan Cleave. Um, and I think this blood and soil guy was maybe from Fremont. I can't remember. So that's her. Oh, and then she went on to work for Don Bacon and was in his TV ads. She was in she met ads the president. for, she met the president on stage, right? Like this is, This is not new information that the president speaks to the worst in our society who are actually trying to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And then of course, we can never forget Bennett Bressman, the Ricketts Nazi, who was the Ricketts field director and worked alongside Julie Slama, who is now a Senator, every single day. And she acts like she didn't know she was working alongside a Nazi every day while she was working for the Ricketts campaign. I don't believe that's true. Remind us what he did. He went on forums, All he went on an online forum and had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages that were anti-Semitic and were, he said in many of his posts that he had been committing crimes in the Omaha area that were anti-Semitic and funny enough, the timeline of when he said he was doing those things and those things actually happening in Omaha, they match up. So I do take him at his word that he did do those things.
1: Hmm.
2: And this person, I don't know if we ever found a name. We probably did, but it was not long after that, that there was the the Nazi um, vandalism at the synagogue here in Hmm. Lincoln.
1: Yeah. That kid, he got in trouble
0: recently for something else. So, Small town, big town, university. I mean, the GOP is catering every day to the neo-Nazi movement of the United States. They are not only are they just allowing them to hang out with them, they're catering to them. They are bending over backwards to serve them. And so it is not surprising to me that we are ending the Trump presidency with a bunch of people trying to take over this country in a hostile way like the nazis did because these are Mm neo-nazis that's who they are and i want to
2: can i read a definition of neo-fascism because i think it fits really well like it wasn't even in i wasn't that familiar with the word until the becky was called that but it fits perfectly with the Organization TPUSA that she was boosting for. Neo fascism usually includes ultra nationalism, check, racial supremacy, check, populism, check, authoritarianism, nativism, xenophobia, and anti immigration sentiment. That's like the Geopay platform, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well as opposition to liberal democracy, parliamentarianism, liberalism, Marxism, communism, and socialism. Like they could literally cross that out and just say, "Republican." (laughs) Yep, kind of scary.
0: Yeah, for real. Well, okay. I don't want to talk about neo Nazis anymore. Yeah, because they're terrible. Uh, (laughs) Let's give a ledge update. Let's give a ledge update. Legislature is back. People who love to follow the legislature are so excited because it's like a daytime soap opera, kind of. But also (laughs) people who love to follow the legislature are horrified because we know who got elected and we know the real risks and the real harm that can happen if we don't, you know, we just know. So it's a mixed bag of the... Yes. You know, like the politics are happening and that can be, you know, that's just can be interesting and fun and um, stressful and it's all the things, but also, you know, people are very concerned. Yes. But the first thing, I wanted to like give an overview of the legislature, just for if you don't know. And first thing is the legislature in Nebraska runs two-year sessions, so on odd years, which 2021 is an odd year in lots of ways, of course, but <laughs> numerically also, Numerically, <laughs> 2020 is an odd year. What that means is it is the beginning of a two-year 2021
2: session. 2021 is an odd right, year. Right,
0: 2021. And so all the bills introduced this year will carry over into next year if they are not passed. They have two years to pass things. And then next year, they'll bring more bills and then at the end of next year's session anything not passed is dead it's over and we start over again in 2023 so okay so we're at,
2: everything from last year is dead
0: everything from last year is dead because this is a new cycle yep so any if okay. you were if you were following a bill and you knew the bill number it doesn't matter anymore there is a new bill number if they bring that legislation back right um So that's the first thing to know. They are going to, they're creating committee chairs. They just did that. They're going to set rules for how they will govern themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And every, all of that administrative work that starts out the legislative session will carry for two years. So it's really important when they're doing these things that they get it right because it, Mm -hmm. it governs the entire session of two years. Um, Where the first year is a long session and it runs 90 days. And the second year is a short session that runs 60 days. They don't run, it's not just 90 days in a row, like weekends don't count in the days and they might take a break for COVID or they might not. You know, we don't know, we don't know how that's going to happen. But if you remember last summer when they said they were finishing up the session, it means they were finishing up the rest of their 60 days. Right. So that's what that meant. And so that's um, just a quick legislative 101. Bill numbers, um, we're we're gonna always try to give you the bill numbers of anything we talk about, but bill numbers are random. (laughs) The number doesn't mean anything. It just means when a Senator submitted a piece of policy to the person they submit the policy to, it's like getting your number when you're waiting in line at the DMV. It's just, okay, you're 89 you're 90, you're 91, you're 92. Mm-hmm. It, there's no bigger meaning on that. And so it's always interesting too to see who gets bill number 666 because there will be probably around nine to 800 to 900 bills. And so somebody will probably get that. And I just always think it's interesting to see who gets the 666 <laughs> bill. Thoughts, ladies? The only other
2: thing I, that I would mention is that they pick a speaker. Um, who helps lead the legislative session and this year, unfortunately, <laughs> it's Mike Hilgers, who we were all hoping would lose in his election, but alas. Um, so he'll be leading the session and there's a lot of backroom dealings that go on as they select committee leaders and things like that. And the prevailing idea is that that concession also allowed some of the committee chairs to change up in some ways that the rest of us are happy about. Um, The education committee is no longer get ready to clap is no longer led by booger eater groaning.
0: What? Who will eat the boogers if he's (laughs) not on the committee? The the education committee, you always have to represent the booger eating kid. I thought that's why he did that.
2: And he says he won't be on the committee if he can't be the chair, and he's not the chair, so
1: so he's not even on the committee.
2: I don't, I don't know if that's finally it. Oh yet. my he's god! Because that would make my before. whole world better. I know, I know. I'm pretty sure he's not, but you know, sayonara, sucker.
1: That's almost as exciting as winning Georgia. I, know, I can't be the Senate.
2: I know. In fact, the 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 committee's actually looking really good in terms of education. Um, the. Another good committee um, is uh, Judiciary. Lathrop held on to that um, committee chairship. So that's really good. We are definitely going to miss Ernie Chambers on that committee. Mm -hmm. and I don't really like to think about that, but dang. Mm -hmm. And another positive change on the executive committee Vice chair will no longer be Julie Slama.
0: No, it never was Julie Slama.
2: Oh, it was, I'm sorry. It was a battle between Vargas and Slama and mm-hmm. Vargas got it.
0: Thank goodness and over Slama. What I will say about that particular vote, Slama is beholden to the governor. Anything oh, yeah. the governor That's says, that. does, or wants, or just the white supremacy movement in general, right. Slama is going to do it. Um, she really has no... Moral compass about anything else. That's her guiding star in all of her policy-making decisions. So, the fact that Senator Vargas, who, what, who was unable to whip up enough votes to pass any sort of relief around COVID and meat packers, last after his own father died of COVID, you know, last mm-hmm. summer. They were so callous to him on such an important life and death matter. The fact that they picked him over Julie Slama for executive vice chair, I think that signals we, the governor does not have such a grip on the legislature. Well, one one thing we have to remember
1: is that these are secret ballots. Yeah, And so he doesn't know who did and did not vote which way, um, which is much different than the public votes they take in the
0: legislature. I think that's important. That's a really important point, Stephanie. Every now and then we'll hear some sort of like, they can't have secret votes for committees. We need to know who they voted for. But, mm-hmm. but here's the thing, pod listeners. The committee chairs and the speaker are really important roles. And you don't want political parties involved. You want Mm -hmm. people to vote in the people, to vote in the right committee chairs. And the reason that a lot of stuff in Nebraska is not as shitty as it is in other, even less red states than us, because our Mm -hmm. state is so red, is because of our unicameral structure and the fact that we have adults in charge of the different pieces of the structure we put adults in charge and the reason we can do that is because of that one secret ballot it's the only thing they do in secret and that is why they do it and it's really and it's important um feature of the legislature to protect so if you Mm -hmm. hear any kind of buzz around it it sounds it's easy to go oh yeah, yeah, yeah no they should everything should be open but there, there is a good reason that this one single vote is closed because it is how the body governs itself. And it's not how the body governs the state of Nebraska. It's right. how it governs itself. And you want it governing itself in a productive and an adult like manner. So I think that's important. That's such a good point, Stephanie. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, April, do you pass- know what the speaker does? Do you know why they're really important? I know. You shouldn't explain it. Okay, I'll tell you. Um, The power of the speaker, the real power of the speaker, is that the speaker writes the agenda. So if there are 100 bills sitting there waiting for debate, the speaker knows, well, maybe we'll get to five tomorrow. Then we'll get to four. It depends on how much debate he expects on any given bill. The speaker decides which of those hundred bills he's going to put on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And so that is a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And that is a big political token when they're working back and forth behind the scenes, trying to make deals. If you want your bill on the agenda, you have to convince the speaker to put it there. And so it's a really... I mean, there's other things a speaker does, but that is a really, really critical um, thing that they do. Okay.
2: So um, another thing there, before we get into some specific bills that you should be aware of and keep an eye on, they're, they're still coming out. So they're not all done, but just some we've highlighted, but some themes of things that haven't happened yet, but we want you to keep an eye on. Um <laughs> Rick and Ricketts has said that his pri- his priority this session is to cut school funding, hmm. which is caused because they did all those obscene tax cuts for the wealthy last year. So now he wants to cut school funding to make up for all those tax cuts, which is bananas. Um, which is
1: exactly what we all said was going to freaking happen.
2: That's exactly right. We all said it last year. We, we freaking told you, we tell you all this stuff people.
0: <laughs> well, our listeners know, and they did everything they can. I am sure of that. So what by last do... year,
1: don't I mean like six months ago?
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. Just do. making sure.
2: Okay. Um, and so what it would be, would be a budget lid on schools. But the thing is we already have a 2.5% lid on schools and um budget lids have been brought to the voters and voters have reject or school budget lids have been brought to the voters and have been rejected every time they've got on the ballot every time and ricketts has said fine if i can't get the legislator to do it then i'll put it on the ballot bring it like bring Bring it it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's a budget lid what does that mean
1: I believe a budget lid means that they regulate what the maximum amount a community can put, can tax somebody on per $100 of valuation on their property. And the big thing that they're trying to do is of course cut taxes for you know the very wealthy. There is some major strain on small farms that are having reduced yields and who are paying um, higher amounts of taxes on their land talked to one of the senators about this, she'd be much better at articulating it than I am. Um, But they're trying to cap that um, so that communities and then tax certain people less than other people, right? Unfortunately, from what I understand, the main place that this would disproportionately impact are um, the poor schools in Omaha like those are the communities that would be most impacted by this because they have extra money that they're going to throw at the rural schools because of a surplus in the budget last year that won't go anywhere um, near the urban schools in our communities.
0: Also, let's just remind us that in the urban areas of our state, there are giant ass corporations getting giant ass tuck subsidies, which are also not rolling down to the urban schools. Right, right, right. <laughs> yep. It's actually not just a property tax problem. There are lots of spaces we could carve out revenue, but rich people don't want to. Right. And, and then they the want to tell like the working poor, person. right, and the <laughs> governor is a rich person. They want to tell the working poor, listen, I mean, work harder. Yep, work harder.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> no. we're all working hard working, enough.
2: He didn't want to give the working poor expanded
1: Medicaid. He worked his ass off to defeat it, and then the voter said "too bad," and he still worked his ass off to delay it for two years or whatever. Yeah, like I said, Pete,
0: bring it to the voters. Right. I mean, Nebraska is actually pretty progressive on the ballot, except yeah. when it comes to the candidates. Yeah, it's the weirdest. We're get thing. that
2: marijuana passed too. Yeah,
0: yeah, we are. Bring it bring recreational medical is, whatever yes. and that's growing. what they're
1: doing they're like you won't yep. give us medical then we'll just take, take it, it all off. and i'm like yep. that yep. will create real tax revenue in our state instead no. of all these no. other imaginary things and we're From not making this
2: up because this is what happens in other states right
1: yeah right yeah strengthening yeah. schools when you mm-hmm. have more school funding turns out teen pregnancy goes
0: down it's the weirdest thing it's right. so weird the other something else we have to watch for in the legislature is are they going to fund a new prison there is a 230 not 230 230 million dollar prison project and the governor wants it the head of the prison system he wants it they all want it the opposition to that to that don't want it There's two wings of that division. One, there's the division that says, we're a small population state. Why are we incarcerating so many of our people? We need to look at this. There are problems. We can't just keep incarcerating more and more and more of our small state population. This is Mm -hmm. ridiculous, right? Like our population in our state is not increasing. So why are our prisons increasing? Right, that's a problem. Uh, I mean, and then the I heard, heard wing... this—I heard this was Ricketts's uh,
1: his jobs plan. So, oh geez. yeah, that's the jobs plan. That's... You know,
2: let's remember, you—they can't even staff the prisons they have because nobody right. wants that job.
0: It's a bad job. They have because they don't pay enough, incentivize
2: them, and it's and it's terribly dangerous. And then there's coronavirus on top yeah. of it. They treat the prisoners
0: poorly. They treat the staff poorly. The prisoners and the staff treat each other poorly. It's a mess. It is a mess. And then the other wing of the we don't need to do the prison project is we don't need to do the prison project yet because corona, recession, budget cuts, blah, blah, blah. And they have
1: tried to
2: change um, sentencing laws and um, parole rules and things to help lessen. And the governor's like, no, no, mm-hmm. the, which would reduce the prison population. Like, there's no one right answer. Like, there, it has to be a, what's the word I'm gesturing, but no one can see it? <laughs> a holistic plan, a holistic plan for addressing this
0: prison crisis. Right, I mean, other states are utilizing more um, home-based, you know, you just have to stay in your yard and uh, stay in your house, things like that. The other thing we should watch for with prisons is it is illegal to have slave labor now. And what is that gonna mean for prison labor? Mm
1: -hmm. Will they,
0: they do have to start paying for prison labor more than the 10 cents or whatever they pay now an hour I hope it's minimum wage, honestly, if not more, but things I've been thinking about this and things that they could use that money for are child support. A lot of people that are incarcerated have children. They Mm -hmm. should be able to use their labor to cover the cost of their children, those children still need. They need to go to college. Still, they have immediate needs they need of clothes housing, and clothes, care. <laughs> right? They need all kinds of things. So, so you know that is something that prison labor could pay for. Prison labor could also pay for um, restitution to victims. You know, if you have done a violent crime against somebody and they've had to go to counseling for years for the trauma that you caused them for their family. Um, You should cover their court costs, things like that. That could all be covered with their labor. And then there's the real cost of getting out of prison. Most people that are incarcerated live back in the community. Imagine if we had a system where you could use your own labor to set up a savings account for yourself. And then when you got out of prison, you had some money saved up so you could get an apartment. You could maybe buy some groceries, get a some car, brushes, get a a car some clothes. The, I mean, and, it, it costs thousands of dollars to set up your life. Maybe a computer, a reliable cell phone. Right. All of that stuff costs a lot of money. And, and the other thing is nobody wants to hire people who used to be incarcerated. And so it's really hard to find a job. And if you had some money saved up, it would give you some buffer between I can wait to get a job or I can make choices that might end up getting me incarcerated again. It actually gives you choices to have a little bit of a savings account. And you could pay for that yourself
1: through your own hard work. I mean, that would imply real rehabilitation, which apparently is not something that um, our state's into. We'd like, yeah. you know... Habitual incarceration never, because power, poverty is so powerful. I've never understood in my whole life.
2: I've, I remember being pretty dang young and not understanding even like the death penalty. Like this idea that we must grind everyone into the dirt for their mistakes, literally in the case of the death penalty. You know, well, like why, I that, is, that does not necessarily mean that, that is how every criminal should be treated, that they... <laughs> well,
0: the, your worst moment may not make you a bad person. It might. Sure. It might. There are things that you can do that you can... That make you a bad person, right? If you have done certain types of crimes, you are a bad person.
2: The problem is, you know...
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I do... Will disagree that. with
2: us on what is you know a bad enough crime but i've just never understood this idea that you had to so harshly punish someone with the idea that that'll teach them that doesn't
0: work Mm
2: -hmm. It doesn't work for children it
0: doesn't work for adults no well yeah so there are a lot of things in prison to be watching for and the legislature is definitely going to talk about that this year and we'll see what they shake out with. Um, the other thing is, and I really, I haven't heard any like kind of buzz around it, but I assume there's going to be a response to the Black Lives Matter sessions that they had in Omaha and Lincoln over the summer. I assume we're going to see some sort of policy. I don't know. I, I, I don't even know, like I haven't heard what people are crafting or what they might bring or what are the chances of its passage, but I would hope, will you see something in response to that i mean on one side i think the gop's response is going to be crushing civil rights that's probably their response and i want to see what (laughs) i want to see if the democrats have a response also or moderate republicans if there's any kind of um response if there even is a moderate republican who knows Okay, I think we have four bills that we pulled that are out so far. Bills are able to be introduced the first 10 days of session. So we're only a couple, like four or five days, I think we're only four days in. So there will be more bills. This is, we didn't look at the exhaustive list yet. It's not available. But just know, once they hit their 10 day session limit, there will be no more bills the rest of this year. So if something happens in April and you think, ah, I want a senator to bring a bill and address it, they, one, they cannot, maybe depending on what it is you're thinking, sometimes things can be crafted as amendments into existing bills. Mm-hmm. And so they can, you know, it just kind of depends. It's all, you know, politics is a whole strategy game. But, that, but really for a fresh bill, it would have to wait until next year. So first 10 days and then that's the end of bill Bringing bills, and that is why nobody had an opportunity to bring a bill before, um, in response to everything that happened last summer, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: with all the protester demands. There was just no opportunity because, you know, the bill introduction, of course, was in January, and it all was going on in the summer. Um, okay, Stephanie. What's the first bill on our list?
1: So it looks like the first one that we're uh, going to chat about today is LB one ninety nine. It's the ban on facial facial recognition.
0: I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this bill. It is. Um, it bans well, who the government. It? Oh, who brought, who, brought it? who brought it? Vargas. Oh, a... Okay. Vargas and Hunt. Okay. They brought it together. And it bans the government, including law enforcement, from using facial recognition technology. And this is really important. It's it's scary. Oh, yeah. And there is, which podcast is it? Is it Hidden Brain, maybe? I can't remember which podcast. But there is an episode of a very prominent, like one of the NPR podcasts, where they go through and they talk about why facial recognition software is harmful and that actually in the towns where they make this crap and they profit off selling it to police departments they ban it in their own towns
2: Mm -hmm. because they know how bad it can be and how dangerous
0: right and then i'm I'm sure
1: there are some positive aspects of it but given the opportunity to be Put it in the hands of law enforcement, I'm assuming it wouldn't mm-hmm. be used for good. Especially considering the links the Lincoln Police Department will go to to find, uh, you know, appliers of googly eyes.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So <laughs> that is. Um... You know, we just, we're not going to live in a society. We don't want to live in a society where the government can put cameras up everywhere and Mm -hmm. then just constantly like try to ping who's walking by. They don't Mm -hmm. need to know if I walked down the sidewalk yesterday. It's just not their business. Right. They don't need to just constantly be doing face matching of everything everyone does everywhere in the city, across the state. They just do not need to do that. And then the other thing is a lot of the software is tested on white faces, and Mm -hmm. it is not as reliable on women, young people, people of color. It's just not as accurate.
2: And so what that means, right, is like they could falsely find a match of, say, a person of color who did not commit the crime, who was not there. Mm Right. Right. That it's honestly it's not that different from my own personal beliefs. I will not have a surveillance camera in my home and I will not have a smart speaker in my home. Mm -hmm. I I am not a criminal. (laughs) I am a boring old white lady.
0: (laughs) No doubt. My home is nobody's business. Nobody's business. True story. I actually had a ring doorbell. I thought, and it was pretty cool. It was cool to, like, be like, oh, look, I can see my kids playing when I'm at the office and when they're on the front yard. But then I realized, like, I'd be on the phone talking to one of you, probably. And then I'm like, wait, my doorbell is recording this conversation. Mm-hmm. What? I don't like this. Oh, you
2: mean when you were sitting outside?
0: Yeah, because I had a ring yeah. doorbell. Yep. And I did not like it at all. I just, I didn't even think about that aspect until like that started happening. I'm like, wait, I don't want my doorbell because then the other thing that happens is the police can just like commandeer that footage if they want to. Mm -hmm. And in investigation of a crime, well, that's all fine and good if I decide I want to hand it over, but then they get everything and not everything is up for the government grabs. You know, we don't want to live in a police state where the government can just take your footage of your mundane life whether you have something to hide or not it's not appropriate it's not reasonable so we're not doing that
2: speaking of police state that made me think today about the damn U.S. Capitol like I've been there I think you guys have probably been there like it's an amazing place to visit and yes it should be protected but all I can think now is like how is it not going to turn into like Supreme Security Central after this. And oh, I just yeah. feel like it's going to ruin it.
0: hmm Oh, I mean everybody. it already it already was a police state. I mean, they certainly yeah, like, catalog every cell phone that pings in there. Well, there sure. are cameras everywhere. I just feel like the security, the
2: visible security is just gonna be over the top now. And like there will be probably more places that you can't go anymore and can't see. and I don't
0: know. I mean, we'll see. And I think that's reasonable to fear that. But also, I, I think there was a failure of leadership. And oh, yeah. Because they have protests there all the time. It was called I an, mean, an attempted coup. At the, when you look at the Kavanaugh hearing, women were everywhere in that building and they were... It was a highly emotional, volatile situation where people were screaming and they were just, like, not leaving people's offices and it was really tense. But, I mean, one, they weren't... They were all trying to use the system of government at hand, but Capitol Police was able to keep everyone, like, protected. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think... I think what happened last week is more because white supremacist neo-Nazi culture is infiltrated in our system of government with actual elected leaders and certainly members of the Capitol Police Force. And Well, we'll see,
2: I guess. I I mean, I agree with you about the infiltration. I guess I'm just worried that that will be the lawmakers' reaction, that they will pass some sort of, you know, rules or something to make it, I don't know. I mean, yeah I mean
0: I think it's reasonable to be concerned everything went that. fucking haywire
2: after 9-11 and you can't even wear your shoes to get on an airplane you know anyway that was a little bit of a bird walk <laughs>
1: um, I'll tell you what my friend sent me a picture from high school and at first I couldn't figure out where the picture was taken and then I realized it was taken at the gate because there was a time when you could walk someone
0: yeah.
1: to the gate oh, yeah. so there were like yep. six of us Yeah. right
0: anyway weirdest thing Cause you could send them off and welcome them back. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really do need to bring that back. That's just so stupid that you can't. Um, and I don't think it's actually prevented a single incident of crime. You know, the other thing too, on infiltration, I know like last summer, this gaslighting, this constant cultural gaslighting when we, we can see what we see. It's plain as day, but it's, this rhetoric around it's not all cops. Of course, it's not all cops. We saw last week, we saw cops making bad choices
2: mm-hmm. and we
0: saw cops making heroic choices. We saw both, right? And more and more evidence is coming out that both types of behaviors were happening. And, you know, one of the police officers was brutally, ruthlessly murdered by a crowd in the most grotesque animalistic way possible and but the thing is when you say things like or you hear things I mean we wouldn't say them but when you hear things like well it's not all cops Mm -hmm. no but it is enough cops that it puts all cops in danger Mm -hmm. and it did and they died it's enough cops that, and it's enough cops, it puts everyone in the public in danger. It puts government officials in danger. It puts, it's, everyone's in danger because our police forces are infiltrated by the neo-Nazi white supremacist movement. So yeah, of course we know it's not all cops. No shit, it's not all cops. But it's enough that we need to tackle it head on and we need to stop saying not all cops. And we need to be able to say all cops are not white supremacists. So we need to like move in that direction? Yeah. Instead of the direction of like we can't do anything because it's not all cops. Fuck off with your not all cops bullshit. Right.
2: <laughs> okay, so let's go idea. into um let's go into the LB one eighty eight, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which sounds <laughs> like something I'm gonna hate. Did you I
0: read know. that about it, Melody? I gotta say, like, I don't want to laugh, but like, it is. If this is the best the gun lobby can do, we're gonna be okay on guns. <laughs> it's such a bad don't bill, jinx guys. That woman, do I that. was like, we don't don't test them. First <laughs> of all, well, that's true. I don't know what <laughs> other people have cooking, but like, first mm-hmm. of all, it's coming from Senator Halloran who is a joke. He's just a literal joke of a person. He constantly publishes editorials that are nonsense. He is not respected by his peers. And the fact that the NRA had him bring this bill says to me that nobody who was able to do any sort of legislative um, politicking would take it. Um, But basically what the bill is, it's LB 188, and it says the state does not have to enforce any federal gun, (laughs) ammo, firearm, accessory, rules that come, rules, laws, whatever, from the federal government. Like, Mm. basically, the state doesn't have to follow the laws of the federal government, which, of course, is nonsense. Nonsense. Of course, that is nonsense. Like, if the federal government says, if the ATF says, gun stores have to do this, that, or the other, then gun stores have to do it.
2: It literally references the right to be free from the commandeering hand of the federal government.
0: Oh my god! I've... So that's that bill. I'm not too worried about it, but but the other thing, like you know, I don't want to make too light of it. Anytime a senator brings forth a bill, it could become a law.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So you always do have to be worried about bad policy, even if you think there's not a real chance it's going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm.
1: Some of our senators never cease to amaze me with the bad stuff they bring and pass. So there's that. Mm
0: -hmm. What's the next bill, um,
1: Stephanie? LB-139, adopt the COVID-19 Liability Protection Act. Mm -hmm.
0: This is the kind of nonsense I think we're going to keep seeing. Mm -hmm. April, what's it say? This comes from
2: breezy you know it's not gonna be good um it's it's giving cover to employers who aren't being safe with their employees lives in a global pandemic great yeah just what we need See the company kill the people
0: you know what i didn't see from breezy i didn't see a sister bill giving employees the workers um Liability protection to keep their jobs if they decided not to go places or do things that were not safe from COVID 19.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you mean how, like, if we would refuse to do a part of the
0: job that was unsafe? Right. Or let's say it's essential to that job, right? And there's no, and your employer will not provide you the correct PPE or the correct. Um, you know they're just not in line the with ventilation, what the CDC is venue, spacing, whatever. Yeah. Sure, any of that. And let's say it's a worker. You're like, I'm not gonna do this. This isn't safe for me and my family. So I have to leave this job. You, if you do that, you give up your right to unemployment. You don't have any protection. You are basically at your boss's mercy.
1: Yep.
2: And he's just reinforcing that with a bill yep. like this. Like, it's already right. a problem. He's making it worse. That's right. Because, as we say, Republicans, don't give a shit about you. They don't.
0: Nope. They don't.
2: <sighs> our last and bill. LB 112, require members of the public, require members of the public to be allowed to speak at each meeting that's subject to the Open Meetings Act. Now, Open Meetings Act is great. We don't have a problem with that. Open Meetings Act is important. It makes, it makes government transparent.
0: What does the Open Meetings Act, what does that mean?
2: Um, it just means that it categorizes a wide variety of meetings, not all like executive level meetings, but a wide variety of meetings that have to be open for the public to come in and, and watch and see, right? Transparency. Um, but it's wide ranging. Um, set of meetings that are covered, and this would add the burden of always being able to speak. Which we love the public being able to speak. We just talked about what why we love being the second house of the Nebraska Legislature. But there are so, there are some real small scale you know meetings that would now be burdened with this. Melody, you were on a in a committee that was subject to the open meeting app can you tell us your experience and why this yes. would have been a
0: burden so we it was an all volunteer city task force <clears throat> and we had one hour and it was like a strict one hour start at three get out at four something like that and we only had six meetings to get our work done and we had a really big charge from the city And probably about, like, 10-ish people came to watch our meeting every time. If we would have had to let those 10 people talk at every meeting, let's say they each got three minutes to make a comment, that would have been 30 minutes of our one-hour meeting. We could never get anything done. It would have been really, like, a punishment to the volunteers. I do think... We should have maybe at some point had space for the public to talk to us. I think that would have been interesting. And I think it would have been helpful to the committee broadly, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it should have happened every meeting because we actually were trying to get some things done for our community. And there are just committees and committees and committees and committees and committees in every town across Nebraska And people are just trying to get some stuff done and they do need to hear from the public, but they don't need to hear from the public every single meeting that they have.
2: Well, and the other thing about this is that in a lot of ways, other parts of the system have the time to speak. So like you were on a city council task force that was just merely gathering information and recommendations to go to the city council. And the city council has time to speak before they were vote or enact on anything. So it's not like right, no time to speak in the vast majority of any committee or open meetings act meeting I can think of. Right. Um, but like you said, to say that every meeting should be subject to this, well, no. Maybe every, it, it could be much smaller. It could be, you know, even one meeting. Or-
0: it could just oh, be at wow. the discretion of the chair. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, that's what
2: the wording already
0: has. It says right, that that's, they can
2: speak, but they don't have to allow speaking because sometimes, as you said, you got to get stuff
0: done. Because, yeah, the reality is a lot of open meetings, they're not elected officials and policymakers. They're just people doing yes. research and having conversations. And so they don't actually have any authority. They just... Mm-hmm. They're just the people picked to do some whatever the little work is. And in those cases, um, I think their accountability to the public is different. Like the public can see what they're doing and listen to what they're doing, but they're not on the committee. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's different than elected official policymaker level meetings.
2: Totally. Because you have to be able to hold your government accountable. It's not the same, you know, with those... Volunteer or unelected led committees. There's not the same amount of accountability that needs held because they're not the ones where it ends. It moves on to the accountable officials. Yep. So, anyway, that's a bit of the nonsense. The bills are still coming. There's even some silly things. I don't know. There's something about Slama wants to change something about fireworks. What the? I don't even have the time for that. I, I saw that, that bill. Shit.
0: That ain't going to go. Saw- I didn't understand what it was. <laughs> Like, is she trying to do like Acme TNT? Like, is she trying to stop Roadrunners where she lives? Like, I don't understand. What okay. she's- her,
2: her new name is Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God
0: dang it. The best way to get the name,
2: listeners, I need you, listeners, to Photoshop Slama's head on Wiley Coyote and send it to us. <laughs> be awesome anyways i don't even know but like it just makes me mad about the waste of time stuff like that like remember the year when we all had to spend a ton of time listening to them talk about um right to or a right to life license plate you remember how freaking long that took who freaking cares oh my god
0: the the worst the worst part about that bill is you can actually like any club you have, you could create a license plate. You just need enough people that say they're going to get it and you can get one. And it's not that hard to do if you have enough people, but that's they how could all have, the other ones went. <laughs> right. And they could have done that. But if you can get the legislature to pass a law with the license plate, you get a tax cut. You, they don't cost as much money. Mm. So, so we gave a controversial political hot topic advocacy bill or plate, license plate, a tax cut. Mm. And these license plates with tax cuts are usually reserved for things like the military, right. yeah. conservation, state parks, stuff that we all generally agree are good for the state.
2: So let's give an example. So now we have, like, I would assume conservation would include the mountain lion plate everyone loves. That would have a tax cut. And now, and of course, the choose life bullshit license plate has a tax cut. But, like, Planned Parenthood, with their choice plate, who went through it the right way the first time, got the signatures, no tax cut. Right. But And it was right. in response to that plate that they came up with it. There. Anyway, it was just a whole waste of time of a legislature. And that's what stupid shit like fireworks is going to be. And hope there's a lot less stupid shit. But, you know.
0: Here's the deal. I hope there's lots of stupid shit. I hope there's buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of stupid shit. And if the worst thing that they pass <laughs> is a shitty license plate that we all hate when we look at, good. Oh, but that's not good. the problem. The problem that's- is it ate up
2: all of the time to talk about the other bills. No, it eats up all the happen. time to talk about worse bills. Yeah. Only Ernie Chambers is good at that. Everyone else got fucked that year because there wasn't time to talk about real shit. Well,
0: well, they better figure out how to run a filibuster. Mm-hmm. Damn right. I, mean, I think line. Megan Hunt, she was writing notes and paying attention, and I think she's really going to try to eat up it's some so time. Funny. She's a great orator. I think Michaela Cavanaugh I, she's. I saw started seeing some really good fight in her last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Morfeld, he's good at. Still saying got a lot. Trotty, he's got things to I'm, say. I'm. I'm interested to see what
1: Matt Kavanaugh. I won't call him Michaela's brother. Maybe John, I will. John Kavanaugh. His name John. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call him Matt just for fun. I am going to call him Michaela's brother. That's right. Um, Senator I mean, Kavanaugh's brother, Senator Kavanaugh. Um, <laughs> so um I'm I'm interested to see what what he's gonna bring to the table. I think there's some good things there. So
0: So one thing oh. I do, I didn't I haven't done holiday cards this year and well, maybe we missed that boat, who knows? <laughs> but um I mean some of our patrons got a holiday card for me. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's true. But uh yeah, so with our I didn't do holiday cards, but usually when I do, I often to my most feminist of friends, because it just and to my mom, because it delights me, I will say to Mrs. and Mr. or actually I usually use Ms. Ms. and Mr. Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Ms. and Mr. April. Mm-hmm. Um one what well, I had one family I sent, and they are both have doctorate PhDs. And so I, I put it to doctor and mister, and then I used her name on the envelope, because <laughs> it just makes me happy to do it. I love it. And I got a wedding because... invitation last year that was to doctor and Mrs. Nick Vaccaro, who's my husband. And I was so, no, it was to mister and Mrs. Nick Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. And I was so pissed that a woman would send me a wedding invitation that would say this. And in the response card, I said that we were not attending, and then I signed it Dr. and Ms. <laughs> Nick Vaccaro. Um, because he does have his PhD. So if you're going to send me some uh, patriarchal bullshit like that, mm-hmm. I married a doctor, assholes. So. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. But also just don't because it's gross. Just send <laughs> it to Mr. Melody Vaquero and he'll get it. It's fine. <laughs> Oh Lord, well, ladies. Oh, send me that patriarchal bullshit. I don't like it. I didn't even go to that wedding. Fuck them <laughs> <and> all. <laughs> well, it's
2: been real. We talked a lot. We will have a lot more this January with the legislature, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska: Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by Citizen Volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.